On this episode of the Joseph Cortez Show, I am joined by my really good friend, Sarah Brennan. She's a licensed professional counselor here in Corpus Christi. And we discussed different coping strategies for this environment of COVID-19, this kind of era that we're in, and different strategies to help you get through this time period, hanging out with your family, hanging out in isolation, and just kind of talking about great life strategies for when life suddenly changes. As always, if you like the show, please subscribe on whatever platform you use. Tell your friends. Uh, This is a very important episode for me. I think we got a lot of good content in this one. And then Sarah comes back for a second episode, which we're going to publish tomorrow. Uh, Super excited about that one as well. So thank you, uh, Sarah Brennan, for coming out. And uh, without further ado, let's get this thing going. Well, welcome to another episode of the Joseph Cortez Show. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Sarah Brennan, who's a licensed professional counselor here in Corpus Christi. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, different coping strategies for the COVID-19 era and just uh, a lot of stuff in general, anxiety, yes. all those different things. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here. Oh, you're welcome. And, and one of the things, too, is uh, in Sarah's world, she is a pastor's wife. Uh, to Matt Brennan, Pastor Matt Brennan, who uh, this episode's just actually releasing the day we're recording this, so that'll be very good. Kind of awesome. time. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to hearing that one too. <laughs> so, but uh, beyond all that, she's mom to four kids. Four kiddos, yeah. Four kiddos. Yes, so, I've got one in Virginia and three at home under my roof. Yeah, one of which is a uh, very uh, two and a half. How old is she? Very she's young. four, but she's four. Yeah, oh she's four now, but oh, she, she is, is definitely yeah. um, a spunky, spicy four-year-old. That seems like That's time flew sure. by so yeah, fast. Our, our kids are really, really good friends, like best friends. Yes. And, yeah, uh, practically cousins because they just spend so much time together. Yes, and for the COVID lockdown situation, they're family. <laughs> yes, for all intents and purposes, we are a family yeah. of mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just been. You know, as far as coping strategies goes, like one of the first things was for the kids, all being off of school, being right. at home, it's such a strange thing for them. I mean, I guess you kind of have the summers, but mm-hmm. summer's very structured. This was kind of 30 last minute. Exactly. You know, and I've been thinking about that. I'm like, why is this not feeling like summer? Um, but it's because we were all just stopped in our tracks. Yeah. And whatever seasons had begun or things that, like events that had been put on the calendar were suddenly wiped away. And so you're constantly talking about what we're not doing anymore. Uh, that's a good point, yeah, because I, I think our world's changed because we don't have ballet and, and theater stuff at night. and All the right. stuff we were looking forward to is suddenly gone. Exactly, but by no choice of your own. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, I mean, for a kid, that's a, a pretty pretty big thing Mm -hmm. yeah I would say so and and for a minute it was just all excitement you know we heard on the radio that CCISD was extending spring break for a week first yeah which is awesome it's like okay that we can deal with everybody's like sweet but normally our family would take news like that and be like okay we're hitting the road let's go to the mountains (laughs) yeah let's go enjoy this (laughs) but we couldn't do that you know it was like oh this is the reason we're taking an extended spring break and stay home yeah, so I mean, we've always wanted staycations. That's one thing. Yeah. Hey, we need a staycation. We'll get stuff done, and then 
it's never by by force. Yes. <laughs> you know, by choice is, is one thing, but to have it by force is kind of an odd thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, so have to fill in all the gaps of stuff to do. Yes. Yeah. And, and figure out, you know, the things that are still going, but now you're doing them with, you know, in my case, three kids at home. Yeah. Yeah. And balancing because <laughs> Matt's still got to come up with sermons. He had to adapt and start working from home to some degree yes. and sermons online. And right. so adaptability, I mean, I, I guess as far as coping strategies go, is that one mm-hmm. learning to adapt to your new situation? Is there better ways to do that than others? Or I mean, absolutely. Adaptability is a great word. Um, and being able to phrase it like that is good because hopefully it's a little bit more empowering that, you know, you are capable of adapting. Um, so that's huge. But I wouldn't say it comes naturally to everybody. And so it's no wonder um, that many of us struggle and maybe even those of us that are adaptable in most scenarios, we still usually foresee change coming. Hmm. You know, you might be adapting to a new school environment. Well, you typically prepare that student to go to a new school. Oh, right. right? And so there's some level of preparation for that child to be adaptable. Um, in this situation, it was kind of sprung on us. And even if in previous situations that child or that family member has been adaptable, that may not be the case when it's so sudden like this. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of it. It's on some level very much like a sudden death in the family. You Your be. whole world's just kind of just yeah. you know, one day you're normal, the next day there's right. a big part of you missing. In this case, it's our social lives. True. And our normalcy has is, is been really right. th- maybe the thing that's, most damaged by this. Yeah, absolutely. I think the normalcy and then the fact that everyone in the household is adjusting mm-hmm. and adapting is another big thing because everybody's having their um, kind of roller coaster of emotions. Um, you know, when we talk about families, we talk about it as like a, a system and everybody mm-hmm. p- plays their role. Um, and if you know, a circumstance has changed, even if it's like a job loss or mom decides to stay home or dad decides to stay home or whatnot, any change or shifting of that role shifts the whole family. Like, you know, it, I kind of picture it like a car, you know, you get a flat tire and you start wobbling, right? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It might compensate for a while until it doesn't. Yeah. It's like having, Will's kind of used the imagery of a stool in our office. So. That's why there's a brown wooden stool over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if one, when one leg goes bad, the yes. whole thing, it doesn't stand anymore. Yeah. Maybe you can't sit on it until you fix it. So that's mm-hmm. very interesting. I mean, and I guess life, this is like a nice preparation for all the stuff that can happen in life. Uh, sure. Death, divorce, job loss, all those different things. Yeah. It's just, every, like you said, everyone's going through it at the same time together. Right. And seeing how the people in your family handle it is very interesting mm-hmm. like our i, I kind of look at ours it's like it's everyone was homeschooled so we're so used to it but watching other people have to switch to homeschool has been very interesting yeah because the teachers weren't prepared for it and then the parents weren't prepared for it and the right. students definitely weren't prepared for it absolutely yeah um, and everybody's situation is unique you know so mm-hmm. this quote-unquote homeschooling that's happening it may or may <laughs> they may be supervised they may not be supervised there might be enough computers to use or there may not be you know yeah that's true uh, I was, uh, you know we were so prepared we had months to prepare for homeschooling so we thought okay we got computers we get the desk okay we had lessons plans and then now i'm talking to friends who are like the kids have to fight it with a laptop because or the or the yeah. ipad uh, I spoke to a principal today from uh, a, a school in town and said, man, my teachers are working 12 hours a day now. Yes. 
I believe it. A shout out to teachers, by yeah. the way. Um, if, you know, I know a lot of them have bent over backwards learning the platforms that they weren't previously using. I know a lot of them have their own kids at home. <laughs> so true. shout out to you, teachers. Yeah, because it, it's like they've become, as he said, like uh, they've had to learn tech. They've had to learn to talk parents yeah. through all this. They've had to learn. It's such a weird, weird thing. And it's like, okay. Right. Patience, I think, is the number one thing that people need with each other. Yeah. But it seems to be a thing that's very lacking in society. Sure. Patience, kindness, a lot of grace. Oh, yeah. That's a word we don't hear very much. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, what, so what, I guess grace is a kind of a good place to, to dive into. What does that really look like? Because I know we hear about it from a spiritual level. Sure. Um, you know, when I think of it just in a conversational level, I think, okay, give them give them credit, like give them the benefit of the doubt that they're doing the best they can. It may not be in the way that I would do it or in the way I think they should do it, but I'm just going to assume that they're doing the absolute best they can and I'm going to give them grace. Yeah, which is something that's not really publicly voiced anymore because we so want our opinion, especially social media and when it comes to this situation. I actually thought there may be this situation would bring people together. I think it's just like from a political standpoint, we're not going to get into politics, but just kind of the way people are responding to the politics of right. it. Uh, it's Grace is seem, seems to be something that would be very helpful that's not being given. Right. Yeah. You know, I see glimpses of it. I see people putting it out there to say, hey, let's be kind to each other. Let's think yeah. of other people. Or um, there was a meme that somebody shared that was like, hey, guys, your pastor's never been through this. He's never had to suddenly stream things live or figure out how to pastor a congregation from a distance. Yeah. So please give him a break. You know, and so that was, that spoke to my heart. I was like, yes, thank you. Yes, please, I'm married to that pastor. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of people are trying to do this are really stressed or freaked out or, right. you know, I did multiple showings this morning via video. Right. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I've had, I mean, practiced some of that, but I'm, I'm having sure. to learn learn this right absolutely and I know it's you know that type of um, real estate showing has happened for like in special circumstances yeah, people like are out of town, so I've been or, okay yeah. with it but yeah but it, it is it's it's all different so everyone's adjusting so in that way I've seen I've seen little glimpses of grace but then I've also seen you know unfortunately the, uh, statements that are made that are more shaming mm. I think than than encouraging so what do you think the underlying tone or issue is with people that go online and want to shame people or, or is it just about feeling better about themselves or is it just like hey I have a chance to make my voice heard and right. the louder and more obnoxious my voice is the more people will respond you know I, I, I don't want to speak for anybody's motives mm-hmm. to to voice their thoughts or opinions on social media. I think a lot of it's personal preference and how much they choose to share with the world. You know, I myself am a lot more private and I don't really want my opinion or my thoughts out there. And it could be for fear of ridicule. It could be for fear (laughs) of stirring the pot. I don't know, you know, so I kind of, within me, I kind of know my own motivations or lack thereof to put stuff out there. So I don't want to just project anybody's, you know, intentions I guess and I don't want to offend in that way but I I think a lot of us have to process out loud Mm. in a way and especially during this time of isolation 
I think that posting maybe a long thought on a topic or an opinion about something is a way of processing out loud. Yeah, that's um, a good point. And a lot of people behind a screen see it as safer. That is that is true. Yeah, everyone's ten feet tall with a keyboard. Yeah, and and, and I think I think most of us can see the person who's like really trying to put out a thought of. I was just thinking about this. You know, let's look at it from this perspective because most of the time, like when yeah. I'm putting something, I'm like, "Have you thought about it this way?" But then you see yeah. the people that are just trying to troll for, <laughs> right. for fun, absolutely, and for they want the argument that they're attacking for the. And, and yeah. those are the people that are like. Right. Agreed. I think some people just uh, have fun with it like that. Like they yeah. get invigorated and they have something to say and they want to say it and. And that may be, you know, kind of their personality. Like, let's let's start this conversation. We can get fiery about it. No harm, no foul. You know, some people operate that way. Right, except the people commenting, exactly. it's all foul. <laughs> yes. What they don't really take into um, consideration is that everybody that reads it might respond differently, and they may be offended or hurt or feel ashamed or feel, you know, um, just kind of shut down. Mm-hmm by certain opinions. So on that note, I would definitely encourage everybody to think like five times before they uh, yeah. <laughs> post a lot of opinions and thoughts. I've um, started commenting less. Like I this morning I started typing something. I was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like my opinion is not going to change his. Pointing out that he's wrong is not going to change his. Right. I'm just going to feel bad later. Because I actually sometimes physically feel bad mm-hmm. if I get into a Facebook confrontation. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you I'm walk like, away bothered. and you feel tense and angry and it might come back through the, you know, in your mind throughout the day and kind of bother you. Absolutely. There have been a few that I've skimmed over. Like, I'll, I would read the first sentence and I'd be like, oh, nope, I'm too emotional <laughs> right now to even read that, so I'm not going to do it. You know? Yeah, because <laughs> it's like you start losing the fact that that's a person on the other side. Sure. I know Twitter's even worse because uh, it's not even a real name. At least Facebook is the person's name. So, yeah. so Grace Online would be very helpful right now. Grace for our leaders. Because uh, they're all going through it for the first time, too. Right. And that's important to remember. You know, just like we said, you know, teachers have never been put in this position before. Pastors, um, for sure, our leaders in this era haven't been put through this before. And so everybody's making the best decisions they can. Yeah. Uh, it's like we use a phrase a lot. Um, we're rookies mm. and uh, I think we heard it uh, there was a singer that sang it at, uh, uh, at the church during an event and she said I'm a rookie at having a six-year-old or something like that and it's like sure. oh you know what we're rookies right now because we've never been through yeah. having a 12 year old or whatever it is that's true so grace at home let's kind of get back to that yeah. uh, how, how do we show grace for our family Oh, that's even harder. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I think so many of us are willing to, more willing to show grace for strangers Mm. outside of our home than we are for our home family members. Um, And, you know, I I, I think a lot of the theory behind that is because they have to accept you. They have to love you. They have to forgive you. Yeah, I've heard, um, like, sometimes your family doesn't get the best you. Right. Because the family is the one place you can be vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that vulnerability turns into uh, anger or turn. It's like mm-hmm. I'm I'm safe enough here to be angry because I know you'll still love me tomorrow. Right. But I, that only lasts so long for some people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I think especially in a time like this, um, I would 
I would recommend to especially parents to respond to some of their children's behavior with different lenses right now. Um, not that it's not useful all the time, <laughs> but just like right. what you just said, something that could come out in anger. It's like you're more comfortable being angry with your family members at home because you're safest there, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I, I catch myself yelling at the kids in a way I would never even yell at their mom yeah. or I would never yell at anyone else in the world. And it's like, uh, so I, I learned that a long time ago. And I, right. So it's like I don't yell much at them right. unless I have to. Uh, so they know I'm really yelling. Uh, yeah. But, you True. know, it's easy. It's, it's Sometimes it's like they just... So they can push the buttons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's very funny. Like we just get so free at home that they're always going to be there. That I don't know right. if we act the best. Right. Exactly. Until you catch yourself. And so I like that you said. Well, I realized this a while back, and now I I try and correct that. You yeah. know, um, because really those words mean something, and those words will help shape that person's whether it's your your wife or your children you know it'll shape help shape their core beliefs about themselves yeah um and so you know even if like when i mentioned looking through a different lens right now let's say a child is acting in a way that they wouldn't normally um maybe they could kind of look at it like oh okay what's what's really going on here oh my son is missing his friends that's why he's being mean to his brother you know something yeah. like there's that a high, there's a different level of stress that so one of my favorite quotes, and I, I probably say this on here a lot, is Andy Andrews once said, "Don't, don't adult your kids, mm. and don't. So don't look at your nine-year-old and expect them to handle the situation the way I am at forty. True. Yeah. And so I really have to take off my dad hat and put on what is Joss thinking, or what are Ayla going through at eleven yeah. or twelve? And I've never been a twelve-year-old girl, think. <laughs> but I was like, what does that look True. like? And so how do I look at it through her lens and? Uh, it's like, oh, okay. And, and, and you really practically can't, I right? Can't, yeah, like no, you I said, can't. I've never been a 12-year-old girl. So, you know, in that way, you might even ask her to teach you. Yeah, so it's like asking the questions, what are you feeling? Why are you feeling? Oh, mm-hmm. What made you do that? And then sometimes you just got to be like, dude, I'm the parent. So sure. <laughs> go yeah. brush your teeth. I, I agree. I, I think there's a good time to pull a parent card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, uh, sure. we're pretty hard on the kids. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot more good than the harshness mm-hmm. but people always say oh you have such great kids why are you so hard on them huh mm-hmm. i have such great kids because i am hard on because them. i'm hard on i'm not mean or evil to them sure. we don't yeah yeah and, and i think choosing your words carefully is important mm-hmm. you know am i saying something that's building somebody up or um you know in scripture they say admonish one another in love you know so yeah. it's essentially say things that build people up rather than tear them down so that's that's a kind of a good segue into like communication within families or yeah. within relationships. Uh, when you have people that are so close together right now, physically, that aren't like I'm not used. To, like I, I get lucky they'd be out of the house, but everyone's home at night, and that's new for me. Or yeah. I know people who are man, I couldn't imagine living in New York where everyone's in a little 500 oh, square foot apartment yeah, or whatever you have. That would be tough. So you got the dynamic of everyone getting frustrated quickly. Mm-hmm. In, in your space and no quiet moment. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, we're not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think filtering what you say or what you do is ideal. Yeah. <laughs> and not even like filtering, but just kind of keeping it in check. Like, okay, um, I, I usually say like speak life, not death. 
And so it's like, okay, well, is what I'm doing or saying speaking life? And if I, if I'm not capable of doing that, then how can I maybe remove myself for a minute? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Talking about New York, I'm not sure how much space they have to Mm -hmm. spread out to but, you know, in my own home, there's a backyard and a front yard at least, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes different rooms, but typically I'm followed to different rooms. Uh, that's the mommy thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the mommy thing. But, um, but yeah, just kind of trying to keep yourself in check and then don't be afraid to say sorry. I, I, that's a good point. I was just think, saying that. I was like, we got, I think, almost some, some level be a lot quicker to say I'm sorry right now. Mm, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to be, absolutely. I think that's a, a good goal. Yeah, it's kind of look in the mirror. It's like, hey, if the kid's acting out, am I acting out too? Right. And yeah. as adults, I don't think we often see that. Yeah. Huh. It's true. I, you know, and actually it's been my children that have pointed it out to me in the past. <laughs> that's um, some good freedom from your kids. Yeah. By the way. I, yeah, it's like, whoa, hold up. I mean, and, and it's, for one, it's like, oh, props to you you're kind of emotionally aware (laughs) you know um but I remember my oldest this wasn't even during this COVID quarantine it was just during some really stressful months that we had a while back and he was just like you know what mommy I think you're sad and I was like really why why what makes you say that um and then he said well you're just you're snapping a lot more or um, you don't really give us a chance to just kind of play like we normally would. You just kind of get frustrated easily. And he said, and I do that when I'm sad. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. And so we just sat there on the stairs and I was like, you know what, buddy, you're right. I am sad and you're absolutely right. And so we sat there and, you know, I was able to say, I'm sorry that I didn't mean to come across, you know, that short and frustrated and I, I validated his assumption too. You know, I said, yeah. I'm yeah, fine. And, and versus just blowing him off and saying, and I'm fine. It's like, hey, <sighs> it was very good that you, you noticed that because it, right. it gives him the freedom to keep doing that. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. I, I know the girls would be like, hey, Dad, I know you're stressed out. Uh-huh. We're gonna, I'm gonna be extra good today. Oh. It's like, okay. Like, yeah, I'm not, and I kind of reassured. It's like, I'm not stressed out because of you right now. Yeah, not in this moment. <laughs> I'm stressed out about something else. But yeah. I was like, when I leave the house, I'm like, be good for your mom. Be good for your mom. Yeah, uh, it's like important to me, too. Yeah, <laughs> go on. Good I, for your mom. And, and yeah. uh, when she's stressed out, I get stressed out. Yeah. And then I get more upset at them for them stressing her out. It's a cycle. Yeah. I'm like. It is. It's a vicious cycle. Because yeah. you're, you're protective of your wife. Yeah. And yeah. And protective of them, so it's like this weird cycle of uh-huh. who am I? Uh, I can't be mad at anybody. I just need to yeah. almost, you know, kind of referee it or control it right. at some level and be like, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird position I, to be in as a dad sometimes. Right, and I think there's a lot to say about a pause button mm-hmm. or even a reset button. Yeah. Um, and just be like, okay, wait, hold up. <laughs> I, we're on the crazy train here. <laughs> I Let's didn't buy a stop ticket. it. <laughs> right. We yeah, didn't so buy a ticket. We didn't mean to get here, but we are on that train. <laughs> uh, do, that, do that with my mom. I'm like, hey, uh, I didn't buy a ticket for this trip. She's like, which one? I said the guilt one. <laughs> no, no guilt. I don't have a ticket for this trip. So, like, yeah. the girls sometimes at night will do a, uh, hey, today was a rough day. Tomorrow's a new one. Good. And it's like, let's reset, have a good, better day tomorrow. And Oakley does the same thing with them. It's like, tomorrow's Excellent. better. Okay. It could be better right now. Uh, let's yeah. just make this happen. And uh, we had a kind of a rule with, we still, like, we still do for the most part, is neither one of us, we can't both be angry at the same time. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like if we can't both be angry at the kids at the same time, or like if we're both angry at each other, which doesn't happen too often, um, is like, hey, we gotta stop. Right. Because I'm gonna say something I don't wanna say. Right. Yeah. yeah. That pause button. There's yeah. there's an episode on um, how I met your mother. Oh yeah, you guys love the, that show. Uh, yeah, Lily and Marshall have that role <laughs> when they start fighting and their words start becoming really hurtful or they're just way too worked up to do anything productive they, they say pause and then they walk away from it they live their lives they do their thing and then they come back and push play again <coughs> excuse me it's okay. um, <laughs> i get the lights off like, i don't know what to do <laughs> it's okay. sorry chest allergies people <laughs> you can't get it through the radio so it's fine <laughs> Um, but yeah, so now I regularly use that example and maybe it's a, it's a good example. Yeah. It's not quite practical in the way they show it on that sitcom, but it's, it is a great concept to say, okay, wait, pause. Like we need to just be quiet for right now before we do hurt with our words or yeah. our actions. It's the old count to 10 thing. Yeah. 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 Like when I get, like we had a rough day with negotiations today on some deals and the, this, like this, uh, I got a text from an agent. She's like, the seller's saying this. And I'm like, uh, I actually just literally texted. I was like, I'm withholding all comments for now. Oh, wow. I'll get back to you in a couple hours. Yeah. I was like, I need to go think about this so I can respond mm-hmm. properly. I even typed out a bunch of stuff and I'm like, delete. Like sometimes it feels good. To yes. <laughs> to and, and, and that's what I think people do, you know, it, kind of referencing back to that social media thing. I think people do because it feels good. Mm-hmm. But I do like that option of delete. It's okay yeah. to delete it. Yeah. <laughs> Editing is a good thing. Yes. Now, self-editing is a hard thing to do sometimes. It's like, yeah. it's so, um, mm-hmm. you have to have complete awareness of yourself right. to self-edit. Right. Um, so there was, uh, that was a segue. So a fear uh just came up. I was thinking about it when you were saying uh, when you just when you coughed. Uh, one of the things I've, I've I've heard from people and just read articles about is there's a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Because you pretty much the, the, some of the experts are saying you pretty much have to live your life right now that everyone that you see has COVID yeah. and protect everyone as if you had it. It's the way to kind of be like right. You're in that environment, so it's hard. Like some people walk into like. Home Depot and assume everyone there. Everyone's you, infected. You're in defense mode the whole time. Yes. And that, I mean, for me personally, is the hardest thing ever. Yeah. Um, first of all, I really don't feel like I can live that way no, <laughs> because then I feel like I have all these like microorganisms all over me and then I'm <laughs> fearful of doorknobs or light switches or something like that. And I, I just, I don't want to live my life that way. So I, yeah. I don't want to do it. It's going to create a lot of drama. Um, yeah. And, and that's actually what I'm concerned about because some that are already naturally inclined to obsessing over that type of thing, you know, maybe have no fault of their own. Like mm-hmm. their brains just kind of naturally wired in that direction. Um, I think it could trigger some more severe issues but um but yeah living in that kind of fear is is not something i desire or want um yes am i doing my part and limiting my exposure to the public absolutely you know am i being respectful of people's distance yes but i am i mean i'm a helper i'm (laughs) i'm a counselor for crying out loud (laughs) and so to not be warm and compassionate and empathetic and to be more like uh stay six feet away but i hope you're doing well that's a really hard thing for me to do. Yeah, I was thinking I'm going to open up a hugging clinic, clinic after this right. <laughs> for all the people. Like all the people that have missed their physical touch yeah. over the last, you know, however many yeah. months. Here's a teddy bear. Just grab the teddy bear and give it a hug and yeah. pat you on the back. 
It is. I was at Home Depot the other day, and the guy had like the the guy that worked there had a badge that said, "Please stay six feet away." Mm. And I was like, "I bet you had that before this." But <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, it was just so funny. Like he wouldn't like I would step closer, and he'd be back up, and I was like, "Oh, it's just so." It's like everyone's avoiding yeah. you. Uh, I, I always practice social distance like out, just because like sure, give people their personal space. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I, I got my three foot bubble, but you know, man, right. it's like don't come in. That it's just a six foot bubble now. And, Sure. But uh, it's really just so strange to see people do that. But I, I, the anxiety thing of it is, I think, a real yeah. problem that most people don't even know they're facing. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. I think it's um, it almost creeps up on you because mm-hmm. they don't really know that they're facing it. Um, it. Throughout all of this, I've heard about a lot of sleep problems. Uh, myself included. Yeah, my wife you know? included. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's all sorts of articles about it right now saying people are stressed and sleeping different, or it's right. 5G, one of the two. But, and we may not be incredi- like super conscientious of it. We may not be aware that it is anxiety causing us to stay up at night or um, causing restlessness or whatnot. Um, of course, I mean, <laughs> there is environmental stuff going on, like allergies are keeping people oh, up yeah. and things of that sort too. A but lot more TV. A lot more TV, um, a lot, we're inundated with all the information. And so we're, uh, all of that information a, is continuing to loop through our brains. And so our brains aren't settling down as quickly as maybe they would have otherwise. Yeah, that's, I read something from Henry Cloud the other day. Like he, he says like when you're working in the multitasking, every time you get a text or something, oh, yeah. it takes your brain 20 minutes to reset. Yes. It's the same thing on social media, but you're resetting every second. Like every time you swipe up, your brain's like, oh, that's a new article. That's a new article. Yes. And And where do you put all that information? What do you do with it? And for me, if it's still looming and I'm not doing anything with it, to me, that's an unfinished task maybe. And Mm -hmm. if there's any unfinished business hanging over you, that's stressful. Oh, yeah. So that's – I have a coach on the business side of things, Mm -hmm. and one of the things we were – at a – personality coaching call with myself and, and Jen uh, and we were going over where we match and where we don't and uh, we both like don't do well with unfinished projects yeah. and so uh, it's like okay start less projects right. and then I was like oh man that's why like my office is pretty clean but parts of my house aren't and so mm-hmm. every time I go to those parts it's like oh it's an unfinished project and it's stressful yeah it's it like is. I, I have my desk area I try to keep extremely clean at home and then my part of the closet it's like I at least have to go see something that's that's structured, structured yeah. and organized yeah. in a way and, that you want it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah. No, you're right. But you can feel your mood change if you walk into an area that you know something's unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. And so I never even considered that all these yeah. different thoughts from social media and all these different things are unfinished. I mean, maybe that's the whole yeah. thing with like binging on Netflix is you have a chance to finish something. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. And I always tell people I, I liked math in school because I could finish the math problem, circle the answer, and be done with it. Well, let me pause this for a second. Okay, so we're back. Yeah, so, um, so what are some of the symptoms or signs that somebody's facing anxiety? Because I hear a lot of people say, oh, I'm feeling so anxious right now. I have a lot of anxiety. Yeah. But I don't even know what those definitions are in, in from a clinical sense or a practical like right. a practical clinical sense, if that's such a yeah, thing. Yeah, no, good question. And I'm glad you're asking it because really information and naming it can, can be half the battle of treating it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we can name it anxiety and call it what it is, that's a good thing. Um, versus so, anxiousness. Or, or, yeah, or versus a heart attack. 
Yeah. I mean, some people, so you ask what are the symptoms? So a lot of people that really feel severe anxiety more so experience those biological symptoms. They have huh. racing heart. Some people say it feels like there's, you know, a cement bag on my chest. Um, it feels like the walls are closing in on me and they, their brain tells them they are dying. So they're really in that. That's in that panic that attack fight mode. mode or flight mode. Yeah, the fight or flight mode. So anxiety in and of itself, you know, there's normal anxiety and then there's um, more so that clinical anxiety. But the normal anxiety is like the, the butterflies you feel in your stomach when you um, come in for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, you know, maybe the red face that you get when you're having to go in for an interview and you're nervous about it or you hear the shakiness in your voice. There's a lot of normal anxiety about that. Mm. Or even if you step into the street and a car almost hits you and you jump back and your heart's racing and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, that's that's normal anxiety. But where it's it goes beyond normal is when there is a perceived fear but not a real danger. Uh, yeah, that's and, good. And then your body and mind go into that fight or flight mode without there being an actual danger. Yeah, so in like, you know, going back to the anthropological sense of things, it's mm -hmm. like that fight or flight mode was there. Hey, they always get, it was a saber tooth tiger somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or there was some, another kingdom coming to race and trying to take us over. And now it's like budget and uh, stress of relationships right. and all these different more emotional stress is mm -hmm. a much bigger thing than the physical stress. Yes. And now we're getting both of those. This True. is like a weird co True, conversion of both emotional and physical. virus yeah. out to infect us, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> and then there is all this emotional stuff and the disturbance of all of your thought processes. Is my business going to fail? Is mm -hmm. uh, Are my friends still going to be there? What if my grandparents get sick? You know, a lot of those perceived fears that are unfortunately right now maybe real possibilities. Yeah, much more possible than the, you know, just the normal fears of, of daily life. But exactly. There's actually a causation that could happen. Right. Like, uh, I've been running a lot in uh, beginning of March when the humidity started and the, uh, yeah. the pollening of corpus, the... Yes. giant uh, my driveway was nice and green <laughs> for a long yeah. time <laughs> uh, and COVID started at the same time it's like I was running it and it's like I was having a hard time breathing yeah and my chest like felt in the middle of the chest and I was like <sighs> it, it freaks you out and I was like okay wait is uh -huh. this the pollen is this uh, yeah better shape than I was a month ago why can't I breathe and it's like researched it a little bit okay. humidity and pollen I was like okay it's like I have no other right. symptoms I'm like this is not the COVID but, sure, but, but it makes you wonder. I would, the never have had, I would have never thought it was the flu. I would have never thought I had strep throat or anything else right. or pneumonia. But, but I was like, huh. But because of the main topic of discussion right now, your mind went there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's Absolutely. Yeah. So um, from <clears throat> the fight or flight thing and anxiety, uh, one of the things I remember hearing is, and I tell Ayla this all the time, is like those butterflies in your stomach. Yeah. And those feelings you get, it's actually your body preparing to mm -hmm. face an a challenge. Sure. And yeah. so I heard this from like a sports psychologist that they tell their athletes that that nervousness is your body. It's sending blood from your stomach, from its digestive system to your, mm -hmm. to your, your yes. hands and feet, to your body parts to get ready to face this fight. And yeah. if you realize that's your body preparing for a challenge mm -hmm. and your opponent thinks they're nervous, you have an upper hand. Mm. And so I was like, that kid next to you who's dancing and nervous, 
Yeah. You're having an upper hand if you think your body's prepped for what it's about to do. True. Good call. It Rather like than that. looking at it as a weakness, you use it as a source of power. Yeah. So it's like, hey, <laughs> if you're going to go ask that girl out for the first time, yeah. you're nervous. Maybe it's your body preparing just to go through it. Right, just to go <laughs> just through it. Just let me slap you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we always tell our kids too, doing, like being brave doesn't mean not being afraid. Mm, yeah. you know, it means doing it anyway, even if you are afraid. And I think that That's can, what courage is. Yeah, yeah, courage, yeah. Courage and bravery. Um, but I think that can kind of go hand in hand with anxiety. And I, what, what the way I educate people about anxiety is that there's kind of this curve. Um, like, if you have an anxiety-provoking situation and you avoid it and you bounce back from it, you avoid it, okay, fine, you saved yourself that anxiety in that moment, but the next time you approach that same anxiety-provoking situation, the anxiety is going to be a lot higher. So if y'all can picture, you know, a bar graph or a mm. line graph on that, that anxiety actually peaks the more you avoid it. And so um, I really encourage individuals to, to face that anxiety. So it's like the fear of heights and going to tall places. Exactly. And doing like, hey, we're going to get up on the second story right. of the house and the third story. Or, and that may not be your first step. You might yeah. have to first imagine yourself going uh, yeah. up to the second okay. story. You know, um, there's definitely kind of a gradual exposure that can happen um, with more severe cases of, um, you know, whether it's a phobia of a specific thing or just a generalized anxiety. There's a gradual exposure that somebody can work through. Um, but, you know, when it's unidentified, like in our case today, I feel like a lot of us are experiencing anxiety and not realizing it. Mm. Um, what I would promote then would be just a whole bunch of self-care. Um, so, so what are some of the other symptoms beyond the physical? So um, not sleeping very well would be one of those. Um, kind of noticing some mood changes. I'm irritable or I'm uh, weepy or... So how do you notice this in moms? <laughs> how do you notice it in moms? Because <laughs> they're all seem uh-huh. to be not sleeping well. <laughs> but uh, so like the not sleeping thing, is it, is it the staying up later because you're worried about stuff or is it you physically can't sleep or is it just, it's like you used to sleep well and now all of a sudden you can't? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it, it can be both. I can I think it can be gradual, um, gradually not sleeping as well, but I think it can be almost a sudden thing. Um, I, I think really the causation sometimes is less important than just being able to grasp hold of it mm. now. You know, so it's like, okay, well, fact is I haven't been able to sleep maybe the last five nights, somebody says. You know, it's like, okay, well, what are you doing? You might kind of evaluate your own bedtime routine, what's going on, try and identify some of those triggers, but then also implement some different things because um, nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm, that's true. And so... Um, you know, it could be, it, oh, well, it, by doing that analysis, they may realize, oh, yeah, watching two hours of news before I go to bed has not <laughs> been great for me, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. or scrolling my phone or, um, you know, some people watch various, like, intense movies or something that they notice keep them up at night. And so I would say, yeah, those could be some some indications of anxiety, short-lived anxiety maybe, just circumstantial yeah, that's interesting, I, especially like in the world of Netflix binging. Like, yeah, we've watched the show. We've been watching Dark, and we watched Stranger Things, and it puts you in this weird mood of, like, man, your brain's going through all the scenarios and all these different mm-hmm. things. You watch a scary movie, you you know, you physically yeah. can feel that, or you watch Tiger King, and it's like, mm-hmm. just like, <laughs> just <laughs> like what the right. <laughs> type moment. So I didn't really. It, it, 
you know, maybe you watch a show for a half hour, it doesn't affect you, but you binge watch for three or four hours or mm-hmm. watch a couple of movies. It gets in your head. Huh. Yeah. And, and so on, on that note, I would say, you know, be aware of that and be aware of how you react to certain things and then take care of yourself. Um, you know, like you might have a child that is more sensitive to scary scenes in movies and you know that about mm-hmm. that child and you're going to protect <laughs> that child from that, right? Yeah, we have that one. We started okay. watching those movies during the day. Yeah. So, you know, and we limit the amount of movies that is, but even like sci-fi stuff for that we know that's cool. yeah not so it's scary a little weird it's like hey let's yeah. let's watch this during the day yeah and so on that note you do that for your child right mm. most of us are less inclined to do it for ourselves jordan peterson rule number two yeah. take care of yourself as if you were caring for somebody else exactly yeah and so along the lines of anxiety you know if you are aware of your own sensitivities your own triggers um, how your brain works tend to that so how do you how do you handle it when you're not the one anxious but you have somebody in your family is yeah and they don't really know they are uh, well you know I'm not speaking from personal experience right now just <laughs> folks at home but what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah uh, but it's just it made me think it's like I've been around like agents and been around different people like get one of the things that may be going on right now is these things are happening within offices too yeah and your coworkers who you don't have this as intimate relationship with, but you have an intimate relationship with, mm-hmm. are going through stuff, and you may be seeing them differently now, and yeah. noticing their changes in behavior, and they may have anxiety. Absolutely, and I think a, a good way to look at that is how can I set them up for success? Mm. Um, so you may not need to say, "Hey, buddy, you're anxious. You need <laughs> to get it together," <laughs> but it's more like, "Okay, I know he stresses out if I show up late to an appointment." You know, let's just say something like that then you know that about that person and you try and set everyone up for success in that moment. So, okay, well, we'll schedule it for a time that I know I can be there on time and early so he doesn't start getting worked up because I'm a few minutes late. Does that make sense? No, it's, it's perfect sense because in, in the world of, like, a month ago, Jennifer and I had about 40 clients, oh, each wow. with different personalities. And there's I'm an on-time person. Like, uh, my goal is to always be within like as close to being at time as possible. Uh-huh. And, and usually the first few minute times I meet somebody, I realize if they're there before I am, then my on time is five minutes before or whatever. I have to right. adjust to them. You have because, to adjust it. And so it's, uh-huh. everyone wants the world to adapt to them. Right. And the world of sales, you have to adapt to every, you don't change who you are, mm-hmm. but you can change some of your actions to sure. help them be better and more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's your job. Like, you yeah. know, if you're trying to meet a client's needs, that's part of it, right? Um, so absolutely. You know, I grew up in a home where if you weren't 10 minutes early, you were late. Right. You know, yeah. and, then, and then I got married to someone who had no concept of time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then we had to figure that out, yeah. you know, and I had to make conscientious decisions to, like, you know, not be offended if he showed up late. Um, that's a good, that's a, that's a very conscious decision to make because right. in all relationships, whether they're work or home, with your kids, your spouse, you have to be aware of that yeah. they're not always trying to stick it to you. True. Yeah. It's not always to make your life more miserable. It's, it, and, and that's another common phrase too that I like to use is it, it may not be about you. Mm-hmm. You know, and even remind yourself, you're 
maybe not as important in this <laughs> particular circumstance as you're feeling that you are. Yeah. And that, you know, going back to anxiety, I really feel like um, plays well into helping calm an- anxious feelings and thoughts. Um, you know, that, that goes for like that person that's really self-conscious. If I walk into a room, they're all going to look at me. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice to remember that, I mean, yes, you're valuable, you're important, you're, you know, you matter, right? But probably you're not in their focus right now. Yeah, because they're so worried about everyone else looking at them. Like 95% of yeah. that room is not thinking about you. Right. They're concerned about their own self. And then the 5% that are actually confident are probably sociopaths. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, confidence is such a weird thing. Yeah, uh, uh, you know that we could we could dive into deeper, but uh, I love the fact that you you brought that out. It's like people mm-hmm. are anxious when they get into new environments, or sure they want it to be about them, and right, it's, it's not. Yeah, and, and that goes back to really probably we're all doing the best we can. Yeah, you know, and you know, continuing back to that bottom line of grace and giving giving love in those situations, and and not being so worked up about you know what they think of me or. Yeah, and Grace is, uh, I talked about this with Alex Shaw uh, the other day, uh, that I went to an event and they made us, like, you wrote a letter to somebody who hurt you in the past. Mm. And one of the things that the speaker was talking about was, like, those people, and for most, 90% of the room was their parents or an older sibling or somebody, teacher, somebody directly in their childhood. And it was, hey, you have to realize that that person was probably doing the best with the knowledge they had at that moment you have more knowledge so you must do better but you can't expect and, and, and now that you have more knowledge you can't expect right. everyone else around you to be the same though Where because you, you can't yeah. you can't expect them to come up to your level uh so like yeah. the, it's like the Good point. kind of the people that are vegans like they i'll say like uh, yeah. they want everyone else to be like at their high level of eating right. or whatever it is. Super advanced yeah. in their nutritional knowledge or the benefits that it's had on their bodies. Yeah, yeah you can't. Well, some people are just slubs, but for the most part, I mean, right. if somebody's taking their family out to to go have dinner and that's all they can afford, I mean, that's all they can afford. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like, it comes back to, well, do you, do you think that we can have more anxiety by putting judgment on other people? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's a great question. I don't know if I would have thought of it like that, but... Um, because I've heard that when you judge other people, you become more worried about being judged yourself. Right. And that makes sense, right? Like, if I'm going to hold somebody else to this standard, you know, then the expectation would be that you live at that standard, right? Yeah. So that, that could lead me into a whole other discussion, um, which maybe we can have in a minute. Uh-huh. about being a pastor's wife. Uh. Maybe that's part two of this. <laughs> so uh, for people that are anxious at home right now, what are a few things they can do? Because yeah. this there is there is somewhat going to be an end to this. We don't know what it looks like, but right. hopefully the next month or two we're coming back into getting into society. Nor- normal is never going to happen. I think that normal is yeah. going to be a new normal. Sure. But what are some of the things they can cope with right now or some tricks when you're feeling anxious? What can they do? No, I think that's great. I think um, regular maintenance of of healthy self-care activities is the key. Um, And so what I mean by that is um, being able to try and tend to your rest. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, take care of yourself in the sense of rest, eating well, 
definitely exercise is a proven, um, you know, therapeutic treatment for depression and anxiety. It's huge. Um, so being able to maintain some self-care on those basic levels, physical levels, is, is an excellent start with that. For families and especially for like parents um, helping their children or a spouse helping their spouse, um, I think that intentional uh, mindfulness activities could help. There's actually a, a website I like to use. Um, I don't always just freely give it out. I mean, anybody can have it, but um, like it's a free website that has various worksheets, but um, it's therapistaid.com. Um, they have a lot of worksheets on family mindfulness, and there's activities you could do at the dinner table, and you could basically let everybody go around and make observations about what is. And what I mean by mindfulness is being present. Um, okay, well, what are we eating? This is a hot baked potato in front of me. Oh, what does it smell like? What does it taste Taste like what does it feel like in my mouth you could do it you know an eating mindfulness activity or you could take a walk and do the same thing um, go down all five senses what do you see what do you hear smell taste touch and um, and is if you can kind of instill practices of being present then what that does is it highlights what actually is well the right. fact is we're healthy yeah. we're together we are in our home yeah, we're missing school or we're missing our friends or we're missing work, but we're here and we're healthy. And so you're focusing on what is rather than the focus of all the worries, the what ifs, when will we go back? When will we get to do this? You know? Yeah, that's good. I mean, and that's that's a good strategy for just general life. And then I, the one thing I, uh, I'm not missing is the stress of the rush. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, hurry, get in the car, go, go, go. Does somebody have something to eat? Let's yeah, go. Yeah, my oh. life is a constant rush because the yeah. kids are going somewhere, uh -huh. I'm going somewhere, somebody's picking somebody up. So, yeah, that's 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 a those mindful activities are really good. So, um, yeah. that's I, I kind of go back to the old family dinner. Mm -hmm. Everyone's together. Mm -hmm. No tech. <laughs> no tech. Rare yeah. thing in this world. Right. Yeah. It, exactly. Usually the parents on the phones, actually. And being intentional about turning that screen off, mm. uh, too. Even if it's not the phone at the table, is the TV going on in yeah. the background? Um, I think that quieting the noise around you is important. Um, you know, if, if there are sleep issues happening, um, paying attention to the environment. Like, well, is there, how many lights are on in your room? You know, and I'm not even talking about ceiling lights. I'm talking about, like, that oh. darn phone device. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. <laughs> we bought a bug zapper. Yeah. Yeah. It's this. It's like a neon blue light that shines in it's in the other half of the house, but it shines through the whole house. And, yes. and I think it's, it hits Oakley's eyes when she's sleeping. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta move that. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ours reflects off the TV and bounces into our room <laughs> if our bedroom is open, and so yeah. we just close it usually. But yeah. So in South Texas, you tend to have to have a bug zapper. Yes, Because if mosquitoes get into your house, they <laughs> yeah. they like to target little kids. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, the it's flies, not a weird thing. And the flies have been atrocious, oh. and so you've, you've got to have something. That's right. I thought it was biblical times because the flies are out. Are nuts. Yeah. Locusts in Africa, earthquakes. and Yes, all the plagues. The plagues, of yeah. It's like, oh, my God, it's like happening. Yes. Um, well, very cool. So uh, mindfulness activities are really are important. Uh, health. Yeah. So uh, Joe Rogan's been talking about this is the biggest wake-up call in American history for being healthy because people who have mm -hmm. strong immune systems are beating this thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. exercise is good. 
exercise is good even the nutrition i mean i know that people are probably like rolling their eyes yeah. if they hear me saying eat healthy um, but really i mean obviously that's going to boost yeah, your immune huge, system yeah. but it's also going to make you feel better like emotionally speaking and um, if if all we have are you know carbs and sugars all day long first of all that kind of forms an addiction anyway in our bodies yeah. but it also makes us tired yeah i i so for lent i did no bread no tortillas no tortilla chips yeah wow and, and i did not realize how good i was feeling until i started eating bread again and what's the first thing you noticed? Uh, more, more sore. Huh. Like okay, like achiness. Achiness. Uh, my neck sore. My back sore. Wow. My legs a bit harder to run. Yeah. Uh, and 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 Jen did it with uh, same same thing, mm-hmm. and she's like, dude, I'm really sore from wow. my runs, and I'm like, uh, yeah, and and then um, just been a little bit more fatigued. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, it's not like I'm going right. completely off of bread. It's like, hey, I got to really watch this because mm-hmm. I ate a couple of more meals just because I wanted to, but also as a yeah. test to be like, oh, this is real. Okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, over time, of course, you know, we, we learn through experience, yeah. right? Over time, I've realized a high um, carb meal does leave me really sleepy. And I don't like that feeling. I'm not a napper. Um, I want to be on top of it. I want to be clear-headed. And so um, feeling sleepy and lethargic just because of the big lunch I just ate is just Yeah, that's a 2 o'clock crash, right? Right, that 2 o'clock wall. And so, you know, paying attention to that. I'm not telling people to go on some major trend diet or anything, but making sure you're fueling yourself with something good. You know, you wouldn't put sludge into your vehicle. Right, yeah, and I think most people haven't felt good in so long that I know what it feels like. Right. The rest thing, uh, that's the part I don't like about this whole thing because yeah. it seems like 9 o'clock has become my old 7 o'clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm sleeping too late. I'm like, this stuff sucks. Uh-huh. And, you know, I like yeah. it, but I don't like it. And it's like everyone around me is like, oh, yeah, I'm just getting into the office. It's, it's like it's 10 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, okay, got to get back into routine of uh-huh. – getting out earlier, getting dressed earlier. Right. Uh, And and actually, I'm glad you said that word routine. That's another huge thing. Um, When you talk about anxiety, especially depression, mm -hmm. too, is routine is going to be important. Um, It makes you feel like you have a purpose to your day and you have some structure and some predictability. And so that's going to be important for the kids, too. And so even if it doesn't, I'm not telling all of you to put out a schedule of when they do PE or when they do English or reading, but like... You know, having some kind of expectation. Like, I know I'm going to eat breakfast at around this time. I know I'm going to have lunch around this time. And we're going to do something maybe outside today. Um, but having some kind of routine. Um, I learned real quickly from my oldest that he needed actually a dinner plan. It was crazy. And it's not like, and we've always pretty much eaten as a family. But he was like, um, I didn't know for a while which groceries I would have. Right. Right. You know, it was like I, I had to wing it a lot. I, <laughs> as long as I, I had meat in the freezer and I had rice and potatoes, and we were we, we were like kind of set with some staples. And I was like, babe, I don't know. I'm not sure how I'm going to season it or what form this chicken is going to take tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy's just going to wing it. Could be shredded, boiled, broiled, or baked. Yeah, <laughs> but that wasn't okay for him. He wanted a plan, and it wasn't like he was being, you know, this like high class demanding person he was just like 
can, can we have a plan? I just, I just need a little bit of something, you know, like some, yeah, some kind sort of predictability. Of um, yeah. And so that told me a lot that day. I was like, okay, I, I'm going to do my best to at least talk about what we're going to have maybe the next day, you know. And so I learned that about my child. Um, That's good. Yeah, it's it's the, like, the routines are so off. Yeah. You've had to establish new ones and some good stuff because some bad stuff. But getting dressed is such a big deal. Like, even uh, getting yes. out and getting dressed, getting showered, whatever it is mm-hmm. in the morning to get. Like, if you're yeah. working from home right now. And you're wearing pajamas to work from home every day. Once and now, okay, I'll give you that one. But right. if you're you're not working, you're not in work mode if you're not agreed. Dressing. Yeah, I, I think that's important too. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of people are having fun with it. They may put a work top on and have their pajamas oh, yeah, on or yeah. something like that. And and Those some people can take that and in, in stride and be humorous with it and it be okay. But yes, I agree. Especially, I would recommend to those of you who do struggle with anxiety and depression do get dressed and even for those of you ladies that normally wear makeup when you go out go ahead and put it on um you know i i'm not suggesting that you're needing to impress anybody but if it makes you feel more awake and kind of alive to do what you've got to do then go for it yeah whatever your routine whatever it is for you yeah because i mean sometimes it's not even about that happening for somebody else yeah but uh, i mean uh yeah you, you can't just uh, like I'm a better term, fart around every day. <laughs> right, and right. Just be like, like yeah. every day is a Saturday. Laziness sets in real quick. Oh, it does. It's a natural thing. It's yeah. like our body wants to be like, okay, I just want to be efficient right now, and doing nothing uh-huh. is efficient. So. Right, right. So, uh, one of the other anxieties I think I've come across seeing is there is this uh, compelling idea that we should all be getting a ton of stuff done right now. And that's, uh, so it's the opposite part of the laziness is uh-huh. I almost want to call it uh, isolation shaming <laughs> because <laughs> if your garage, like I, I've even said it, it's, hey, if your garage isn't cleaner to, to, you know, at the end of this, then when you went in, then you wasted it. So there is, there is some right. truth to that. You should get some of these projects done, but I think you have some people need time to actually mourn or adapt, adjust yeah. to this whole thing. And settle. not everyone operates. Let the dust settle. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I laugh and I pulled up my phone when you were talking because there's a meme that my husband texted me and I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. Um, and so in the first square, it's like four squares and it says, I should be working harder. And then this little, you know, Jiminy Crickets over here are saying, self-care is also important. And then the person goes, you're right, I should be relaxing more too. And then the Jiminy Cricket, oh, no, and then he says, how can I be bad at both of these simultaneously? And then the <laughs> little conscience is like, honestly, it's kind of impressive. <laughs> and so that's exactly how I feel. Like I have that, I should be working harder drive, but then I'm, you know, harping on everybody, telling them to take care of themselves. You know, self-care is uber important right now. And it's like, how can we really do both? Um, yeah. And then it's become like this Facebook glorification right now uh it's like oh look at the i just installed new floors in my house i'm getting all my honeydews it's like flexing your your at-home muscles right now right and some people are just trying to survive because their kids are home yes exactly (laughs) so and and once again i think perception is huge like if you can just you know jealousy is one of those things that really could grab hold of us and jealousy can be almost a cause of anxiety too oh yeah the grass is greener syndrome Right. Uh, it's a, it's a uh, cause for a lot of bad things. 
self-doubt, divorce, uh, you start comparing your spouse to somebody else, you start comparing your your boss or your company to somebody else. Or, absolutely. Uh, comparison is the is a death sentence. It's, yeah, so. absolutely. And so if you can kind of look at some of those things like that and be like, not take it as a, oh, I should be doing that too. But what if you just rejoiced with them? Hmm. What if you were just like, awesome job, love your floors. Yeah, exactly. And then period, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's hard. That takes a lot of self-control. It does. It, it, uh, gratitude is a very, very important uh, element to life. One mm-hmm. uh, I, I catch myself getting out of sometimes, getting back into. Uh, but one of the things is be grateful for, gre- grateful for the stuff you have, but gr- be grateful for other people as well. Right. It's nice to do because that allows you to be happy for them. If you could be happy for somebody else, yes. you have a harder time to be angry with them. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, and, and that a lot, that shuts out that jealousy factor mm. you know if you choose to be happy for them and grateful for their well-being and the good things that are happening to them then the negative feelings don't enter cool well we're coming up on an hour on this episode okay. uh, so uh, let's wrap up with if you're anxious uh it, one of the best things you can do is seek out somebody like sarah Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's definitely, and that's a good educational factor there too. Um, All of us licensed professional counselors, well, I say all of us, most of us are offering telehealth um, right now. You know, of course, we're trying to be respectful of the uh, virus situation and everything, all the risks that are involved there. So we can provide confidential telehealth counseling. Um, and that can be extremely helpful, even just to have a, a safe sounding board to vent all your feelings yeah. and frustrations and feelings of crazy. You know, there's like a, a favorite emoji I've been using that's just like a crazy person, right? Because that's <laughs> how I feel most of yeah. the time. Yeah. And so, um, you know, a therapist, a licensed professional counselor can help you just kind of talk those out um, to where you feel like you're validated. You yeah. know, you have a safe place yeah, for that. Have that professional event buddy and a real event buddy and right. and just as that person you can be free with and mm-hmm. such an important thing. So if you're feeling anxious, get some exercise, eat better, sleep better. Yes. Uh, if you really need some help, find somebody. That right. Can help, so. Yeah. And practice the what is. And, you know, just like Joseph mentioned here at the end, the gratitude is huge, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps you practice that mindfulness and being present tense. OK, well, I've got my house, you know, at least. Yeah. About this. Oh. <laughs> um, and those of you who don't reach out for help, please. Yes. Yeah. You if know. you don't have a home, we can help you with that. I'm serious. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not kidding, but I know what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Uh, all yeah. of the above. <laughs> all right. So I appreciate you coming in. Sure and, thing. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Thank you.